What's happening, guys? Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Uh, Lunchbox is doing jury duty today, so he will not be here. I got a couple things. Number one, now your home can smell like meatballs. You can buy these candles, and you burn them, and they smell like Ikea's famous Swedish meatballs. I never liked the food candle, because the food candle makes me hungry. The vanilla candle smells pretty good. Oh, I like that one. Any yeah. sort of scent that's like summer, I like that because I don't want to eat it. But I'm always weird toward food candles. That's why when KFC put out their candle, I wasn't running to the store to get it. And I'm not a huge candle guy, but I am a little more so now. Caitlin likes candles, and now I take a lot of baths. We have a nice bathtub, and I have this, this little thing that goes across the middle, and you can put a candle on it. There's also a hole for a wine glass. I don't Ooh. drink wine. Well, that's you where can you can put the juice. candle. Well, no, there's there's like a candle spot, too. Oh. It, yeah, it goes all the way across there. So the meatball candle, would that be appealing to anyone? No. Uh-huh, no. I don't want a, no, I don't want the food smell. Even chocolate chip cookies, which Ooh. I love the smell of. I don't want the smell of chocolate chip cookies because then I will want to eat chocolate chip cookies. So the food candles are always weird. And I've been laying off sugar. I've had almost no sugar for the entire month. What are we at here? Nine, Today's the 10th. 10 days. So Good. yeah, and I feel it. I can feel. I feel a little bit better. You trying it, to get rid of that in your life, or like what? What's the point of that? Just doing a little experiment. Yeah, I have IBS pretty bad, and so I'm just trying to now slowly root out. Just okay. Let's see if it's sugar. Let's see if I'm any better without sugar. And so I'm kind of going through stuff. Cool. Next month's gonna be water, and then <laughs> you're gonna go without water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really trying it all. Uh, speaking of food. Do you guys like, I love mustard. It's my number one condiment. Uh, no, I can do without it's it. It's like way wow. at the bottom. Really? Yes. I don't want it. I can do mustard on anything. If I have to do mustard, I prefer like a honey mustard. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that's a real mustard. Okay. If you can put it on a salad, it ain't a real mustard. <laughs> All right. It's got, it's got some mustard flavor. Mm-hmm. That's Honey mustard's not real mustard. National Mustard Day is being celebrated again by French's, and they're offering mustard buns. The world-famous condiment brand will launch a limited-edition line of buns that will have French's classic yellow mustard baked into the bread. That's great. That, to me, sounds amazing. A mustard bun? That should have always existed. I need a ketchup bun. They should make a bun with a pocket so you can just put the chili. A pocket? Uh, Like a a, a cutout? Oh, so it's not so sloppy. Yes. Wow. Why haven't I just came up with that? Wow, that's genius. Come on. Well, you yourself could dig out some of the bread. I don't no. want to be digging. It's a lot of work. I want the, the, the pocket in. Well, you know what? I could buy a pair of pants, too, and then cut some pockets in the front, but I don't. You're talking like a crustable. Is that what they're called? Like uh, those um, dessert things where it's almost it's a pocket, and it's got the... Dude, this is genius. It, it, except in the bun, you make a mustard flavored, and then you cut a little <laughs> slot, and you can pour your chili. Wow. So it doesn't get all over you. That's really good. Dang. Let's write a jingle for it. Okay. And then we'll send it off. You didn't have a lot of success with that other one? I did it. With I the did it. squawzy knot? Yeah, it could have been timing, though. So, no, what's, uh, who's he, what's it? Who's he, what's it? So, I thought that was pretty good there. Hey, glad you guys are here. It is time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hey, Bobby, I listen to the show every morning, and I know you are somebody who is always on time. I have a problem with my coworker. She is late every day. We are teachers in a child care center, so being late is a big deal. She goes up for review soon. She keeps saying that she expects a raise, but I would be surprised if she got one. We make the same salary at the moment, but I've been here longer, and I'm always early and do everything asked. I have spoken to my manager. 
who has spoken to my coworker several times, but my coworker goes back to their old behavior. I am at my wit's end. Is there anything you think I can do to help my situation with my coworker? Signed, Joanna. The answer is no. Hmm. There is nothing you can do. You can keep telling your boss. Maybe eventually they do something about it. But until it actually affects the bottom line, you just have to understand you're going to have a late coworker and it stinks and you're going to have to pick up the slack. Yeah, I mean, and you've already talked to the boss, so the boss I is know. aware. So if the boss, I mean, wait, you can't keep just, it's exhausting to have to keep tattling in a sense. I would maybe not cover for her anymore. Mm. Like nobody's late on this show anymore. Those days are long gone because, but because I am the boss, I got to say, if you're late, you go home. You're not the boss. And so you can't do much about it. You can either live with what's happening, tattle to the boss, or get a new job. And getting a new job isn't as easy as it sounds. No. Has she talked to the coworker and let her know that it she's putting her in a tight spot? That's the case. Would you do that? I w- I thought about that too. If you feel comfortable enough, be like, "Hey, what's up? Like, is there something going on I don't know about? Because this is what's happening." Maybe assume that they're going through a lot. Maybe. <laughs> I would think that if you have that conversation, you need to have it as, "Hey." It is really hard for me. Like, you being late is making my job a, a lot, lot harder. Like, I don't know if I can do it much longer. Like, appeal to her in that way more mm-hmm. than like a buddy. Because mm-hmm. they're not buddies. You can tell by this email. But when somebody's late, it's a hard one to break. You got to get the person to come down and say, stop being late or you're going to not be able to even have an opportunity to be late anymore. It's a tough situation. Sometimes it's like the group, you're in a group project. Somebody takes the lead and does all the work and everybody else just chills and gets the same grade. It looks like you're the group project leader, Joanna. And that stinks. My, my sister runs a restaurant in Hot Springs, and she talks about people working. And But because people can go, hey, um, COVID situation, I'm just going to take money from the government right now. She can't keep anybody working. Oh, yeah. I have friends oh. in the restaurant business, same, same story. She's like, I have to go in you know, double and triple shifts all the time. And she runs the restaurant. Mm. And she says people will come in and, and get a job and then never show up the next day because all they have to do is prove they were trying to get a job. Wow. Yep. Wild. She's like, I cannot keep people working at all. So that stinks. And so it's like, all right, what do you do? Cut funding? I read a story yesterday. There were a million jobs in America that are just sitting there ready to be filled because nobody will fill them. Because That's wild. It, but let's talk about it from the other side just for a second. Let's say you had a job that you were just doing it so you could pay the rent. You didn't really care about it. It wasn't a career. You didn't care if you got another job. And the government was like, hey, we're going to give you money and you don't have to go in. I'd probably be like, I ain't going in. I wouldn't personally, but I can definitely see why someone would do that. Would go, wait, I don't like this job anyway, and you're going to pay me to sit at home? Mm-hmm. Ain't no right no wrong here, meaning <laughs> the government's trying to help, but there are people taking advantage of the system. But isn't that always the case? Yes. Uh, Joanna, I would. I think the, the longer I talk about it, I think you have to appeal to her and be like, hey, you're killing me here. Like, it's hard for me to do the work for both of us if you're late. Is there any way you can just be on time? And if she says no, then she's just a bad person. And then you do citizens firing. It's like citizens arrest. Oh, same thing. Where you just fire (laughs) her. You're fired. You're fired. (laughs) Okay. I don't know that that would work out well for her. But also my point with that whole story was it may be hard for that boss to hire somebody new because nobody wants to work right Mm. now. Mm -hmm. So, all right, there you go. Thank you for that. That's just a tough situation all the way around. But we appreciate you sending us that email. Close up the mailbag. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. You know what, Billboard? 
always works on me is a Cracker Barrel billboard. I may not stop there, but I always want the chicken fried steak or the chicken fried chicken they show. Oh, the picture's just so good. And they're everywhere. So a Cracker Barrel billboard always works on me, especially if we're traveling. I'm like, you know what? I'd love some fried okra. The fried okra at Cracker Barrel is A+. Now, I mentioned billboards because there's a woman, and she was going through Lent. And she's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting. And she sees a McDonald's billboard. Cheeseburgers and chicken nuggets. She said the billboard was so good that it caused her to break her fast during Lent. And now she is seeking compensation for that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? Stop. Come on. She wrote that she abstained from eating meat for a month when the McDonald's advertisement made her give in. Mm. By the way, Lent is a strict period in which many Christians are expected to sacrifice the eating of meat, poultry, eggs, and dairy for the entire season or give up something that's important to them to show their sacrifice. 40 days. Yes. She said, when I saw an advertising banner, I could not help myself. I visited McDonald's and bought a cheeseburger. This is the best advertisement for McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) They're already winning, so they might as well just parallel something like, oh, thank you for this extra advertising. (laughs) McDonald's did not immediately reply to the insider's request for the comment. Mm -hmm. But, like, I get it. Sure. Wait, wait, what part do you get? I get seeing a billboard and being so moved by it. But not suing. But not suing (laughs) because the billboard was so... That's the point of the billboard, to make it so good. You know billboards I like? I like it when they do things outside of the actual rectangle. Like sometimes Chick-fil-A will have nice. the cows. Like a pop-up. Yes. Yeah. Or they'll have like out. somebody's head going out on top of it. I always respect that because I know that costs <laughs> just <laughs> a little bit more. To have it outside the box. Yes. <laughs> Lady, relax. Bobby Bonchon. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Tim McGraw's next single will be 7500 OBO, and he announced that his daughter Audrey will be starring in the music video that comes out this Friday. Here's a clip of the song. Pretty little thing made it hard to steer out. Never gonna get her out of there. There's too many memories. Now there's a perceived sign. And when you know you cause if I'm gonna let her go, I gotta let it go. Yes, gotta go. Garth Brooks made one of his young fans' first concert experiences extra special. During his Kansas City show at Arrowhead Stadium, he gifted the little girl named Giada his autographed guitar. Carly Pierce talked about one of her favorite Opry memories. On my second performance on the Opry, we heard that there was a surprise guest, and we didn't know who that was. And I'm standing with two of my band members, and we heard a knock on my door. It was Garth Brooks. And then in walks Trisha, and I screamed in her face. And I don't know if she remembers that, but she probably does. She was probably scared. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With producer Eddie. Tell me something good. Dean Troutman, he's 90 years old, and he wants to raise money for St. Jude. So he's going to walk 3,600 miles through 16 states to raise money. Man, I look like an idiot. Wow. No, no, no. Maybe you inspired him. Oh, is that right? No, yeah. he, he's done this before. It says that uh, he walked 700 miles from Illinois, around Illinois, to raise $70,000 for his wife and him to build playgrounds for kids. So, no, he's done this before. He also probably doesn't have a job. <laughs> Dude, he's, he's re- 90 years but old. he's retired, yeah. Oh, it's still, it's still awesome yeah. that he's yeah, yeah, 90. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and raise money for St. Jude. I was at the Opry the other night, and I was going into work, and I was talking to a guy. He said, hey, how's it going? You Bobby? I said, yeah. I said, hey. I want to thank you for all you do for St. Jude. I said, oh, you know, awesome. He said, I'm on the board at St. Jude. And I said, oh, yeah, since when? And he tells me the year. 
it was like 2013 or something. And I was like, wow. And he goes, in 2015, my daughter had some brain cancer. And I said, wait, you were on the board? And while you were on the board, mm. she got cancer? I thought it would, it's usually the other way around. Like you're affected by it. Yeah, so you And then you jump the in to help in some way after you've been affected by it. But he would join the board. Wow. And then his daughter got cancer two years after he had joined the board. Yeah, it's crazy. So, man, St. Jude's such a great place. If you guys are ever looking to, you know, donate or or find a place to, to put some money, that's a good place to at least go and read about. All right, Eddie, thank you. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. There was a list on a website called The Nash News, and they put out their top 10 essential 90s country songs. Now, before I get to their list, I'm going to go around the room and have you guys put yours on the list. Woo! Um, F3, for kind of different reasons, my number one from 1991 is Brooks and Dunn, Neon Moon. I spend most every night beneath the light of a neon moon. That, to me, is pound for pound the best Brooks and Dunn song. Of course. I mean, heck, Ronnie Dunn sang it at our wedding. And I, we, it, it's not a love song, but still, I was like, sing it at our wedding, because that's the best song. So I put that on there. I also put on, from 1996, Strawberry Wine. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Gosh. I don't feel like this is a top five song from the decade, but nothing makes me feel like that decade more than Strawberry Wine. Oh, yeah. Like, I can see the video. I know exactly where I was. And that, to me, is what the essential 90s song means. And then finally, like, you got to put an early Tim McGraw song on there. And I picked Don't Take the Girl. Take Jimmy Johnson. Take Tommy Thompson. Take my best friend, Bo. So if I'm starting the list, those three go on that list. Amy, what is your 90s country song essential? So I feel like there's some early 90s, some late 90s that are amazing, but I decided to go with one right in the middle, and it's George Strait, Carrying Your Love With Me. I'm carrying your love with me, West Virginia down to Tennessee. What year was that? 96? Was it that either, late? Either 95 or 96. You know, I, George's songs are all weird because he had some in the 80s, too. Yes. And it, for me, it's kind of hard to figure out what is where, but 1997, Carrying Your oh, Love With Me. Oh, seven? Okay, yeah. well, I knew I was old enough to drive because I listened to this CD on a repeat in my Bronco. Eddie, what's your 90s essential? Essential to me, I mean, it means you need this song and you can't have 90s country without the GOAT, Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places. This is the reason I started wearing ropers. Got Wranglers and Mo Betta shirts, dude. This is it. 1990, Garth Brooks, Friends in Low Places. Woo! It barely made the cut, but it definitely made the cut. It kind of started 90s country music. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, it's a jam. Morgan, do you have a night? Although Morgan was born in the 90s. She can still have a favorite. No, no, she absolutely can, which is why I'm going to her. But I'm saying it's got to be different for her because we all experienced these oh. as kids. You know, she has to go and listen back and be like, what were the best songs from before I was even listening yeah. to music? Good point. Morgan, what is yours? Well, thankfully, my parents like raised me on country music, so I know a lot of 90s country because of them, but it's always going to be Shania for me. Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman. Oh, 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 get in the action, feel the attraction, cover my head, do what I dare. Oh, I- 1997 is when that song came out. All right, Raymundo, you had the last one, 90s Essential. Yeah, the one that I always remember hearing at those middle school dances, you had to find the absolute hottest chick for this song, and it was a maze, Lone Star. Oh, yeah. Don't know how you do what you do. I'm 
I'm so in love with you. The Cusp, 1999. Oh, right there. Yeah. So I have their list, and some of you guys has made their, their list. Uh, at number 10 on this list from the Nash News is 1991, She's in Love with the Boy, Trisha Yearwood. Which is the most played female song in country music history. We talked about that maybe last week. And definitely needs to be on this list, I think. It made my so top many. three. Yeah. But I mean, Trisha Yearwood, I, I mean, course. this is part yeah. of it. At number nine, Boot Scootin' Boogie by Brooks and Dunn, 1991. It's hard not to have this as kind of the Brooks and Dunn song because this is probably the song that defined them more than any other song in the 90s. There was a dance. There was a, a every, you know, you go electric cowboy, everybody's doing it. <laughs> uh, number eight, Martina McBride, Independence Day. Really great song. I don't know that I would put that in my top ten, but it's a, it's a great song. Amazed by Lone Star at seven, which Ray played. Chattahoochee. Yeah. Which was tough for me not to pick in my top for three. For sure, me too. At number six, Alan Jackson. This Kiss by Faith Hill at 1998. Shania at four, Man, I Feel Like a Woman, which Morgan had. By the way, this is just some some writer's list. This is not like based on any data. Sounds like anything. a young writer. Uh, Check Yes or No by George Strait, number three on the Check list. Yes or no. Really? I felt the same way. There's oh, like 20 George Strait. I do I too. I like I, it. I do too, but it's not oh, one of the best. I don't know, guys. It's just not. Same thing like Martina McBride. Really great song. But I don't know that I put it on the top ten. I could probably pick five George Strait songs I put on the list before Gosh, Check Yes or No. This one's so good, though. But would you put... I got some oceanfront ocean property. 80s. But yeah, that's 80s. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, or I would have gone with it. So is Amarillo by Morning. 80s. I knew Amarillo by Morning was. All I, my exes, 80s. I for for sure that was 80s, yeah. <laughs> Forever and Ever, Amen, Randy Travis, 80s. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, number two, Friends in Low Places, Garth Brooks. Woo! Their number one song is not the number one song. What is it? It's a fine song. But it's not number one. It's Toby Keith should have been a cowboy. No. Cowboy. I mean, that, that, good. that could have been number eight on the list. Okay. I could have even put it on the list. Yeah. But that's not more 90s than Friends in Low Places or Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Was was Cowboy Take Me Away too much too late in the 90s to be in there? Because I feel like that's such a... No, because Amaze was 1999. Okay. Well, yeah, I think that was 99. We oh. get mad at uh, one person's <laughs> list. It's just literally one person who wrote that. It was their and job, too. There was only 10 <laughs> slots, so... <laughs> Hopefully, we will hear from Lunchbox later this morning as he is on jury duty and he got picked for a case. Now, I don't know what kind of case. I don't know how long. When do we think he'll be back if you're just betting money? Do you think he'll be back tomorrow? Uh, yes. Oh, you do? <laughs> oh, tomorrow, no. I'd go week. You, you think, think he's he gone picked? for a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he gets picked and gets an end of the week, you know, like a, a little more serious than a traffic ticket, a little more serious than that. Getting picked doesn't actually mean you're on the case because I got picked. But I went in and got out of it. Right. Does that he's, make sense? But he's not going to want to get out. Right. He's going to say everything that needs right. to be said. He was born for this. He'll talk in a British accent if he needs to. <laughs> it doesn't. So hopefully later on this morning at some point, it could be any minute, we'll get a text from him or maybe a call. But I guess if you're on a case, you can't talk about it, huh? Mm-mm. 
You can't be interviewed about the case. Or you can just, or they kick you out. That's when they Won't say they you're out. they ask him what he does and if he's in media? Does that hinder That your- doesn't matter. Didn't you try to get out that way or some, Or did he try? I don't know that being in media eliminates you or people, like no people in media would be on there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out later on what's going on with Lunchbox. I do want to go over to Mike D, also known as Movie Mike, because he watched Suicide Squad. Yes. Or is it the? the. It is the Suicide it's, Squad. <laughs> is, yeah. He watched The Suicide Squad. And now Movie Mike's Movie Minute. So it's not a remake of Suicide Squad. It's like a reimagination of it. And I completely loved it. It's more violent. It's rated R. And I think this is one of my favorite movies I've seen all year. Really? Yeah. Kids? No, no way kids. It is like in your face gory and bloody. Oh, I don't like gory and bloody. It's almost like the same level of violence of the boys on Amazon. I like that show. Yeah, but but it's so over the top it doesn't seem real. It's very over the top. So do you skip it or see it? I say see it. If you're into those kind of shows, if you're into superhero movies, I think it's one of the best adaptations I've seen in a very long time. You used the word adaptation, so now yeah. I have to watch it. <laughs> what if your kid likes gory? Is oh, it, no. no. There's okay. a lot of cursing. I, not for kids at What all. if your kid likes cursing? <laughs> if your kid likes cursing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Stashira, my daughter, she already promised me she's not going to cuss till she's at least 20. Okay. So we're good. <laughs> that was her I believe her. To, I do too. Like I don't I, curse. She wanted to watch It. You know, and that when I looked up the parental thing on it, it did say that the main thing you need to worry about was language and it is gory, but she likes horror films. So I decided to let her watch it and just made her, I just said, just as long as I don't hear you saying these words, we're good. She goes, it's fine, mom. I don't plan on cussing till I'm 20. Will you let her watch Suicide Squad based off? Well, that's why I was asking because she might like it. She really is. That's like her wheelhouse. And so I don't know. It's a debate in our house for sure. Well, she'll know within like the first five minutes if it's too much for her. Okay. I'll watch it. I want to watch that. I want to watch the Woodstock 99 documentary, Mm -hmm. which I haven't seen yet. Which is when they burnt the whole thing down. Oh, gosh. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's that's coming out. Um, you watched Val. I oh, almost yeah. watched Val on Amazon Prime. Oh, the go it's back. A, it's a Val Kilmer documentary, the, the actor. Mm-hmm. He, he he was in Top Gun. Yeah. yeah. Top, Top Gun, Willow, uh, The Doors. Uh, he was Batman at one point. I forgot about all he this. Batman. Tombstone. Yeah. He did a lot of movies that I forgot. Bones, go back and watch this movie. This is a much a must-see movie. Is uh, it a movie or a series? No, it's a documentary, it, but he made it himself. And one thing I just did not know, I don't know if this was in the news or not, but he had throat cancer, and he cannot talk anymore. So now he has a little tube in his throat where he has to cover to talk. Yeah, he has a trach and a Wow, thing. really? I had no idea. So imagine Val Kilmer, who you remember from all these movies, yeah can't talk anymore but that's what he loves to do and he gets to make a movie about his life even in that condition what you, amazing what do you give it five ice mans out of five 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 that's mike what did you give suicide squad 4.5 out of five that's high what sharks okay. is that yes. a big part of the movie sylvester stallone's character in the movie he's a sh- uh, sylvester shark. stallone's in the movie <laughs> he's, he voices a animated shark yes okay Amy, your daughter started watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah. And? And she was super hesitant because she thought anything from my childhood, there's no way it could be good. So I could tell she was going into it with that kind of attitude. And it was hard for her to finally show me that she likes it. But about five episodes in, and she's laughing out loud, I've got her. And so we started with season one, episode one. And we're going to work our way through it. And I'm so pumped about That's it. That's old, old school. Yeah, my son watched all of it. He it's loved so good. it. Really loved yeah. it. we got a couple parents here in the room. What's the number one thing that parents try to teach their kids? Well, for me, kindness. Kindness. Okay. Eddie? 
Um, I would say uh, politeness. Yes, kindness. Being very respectful to others. Number one. Yes. Yeah. More than math. Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because <laughs> I don't, I can't do that. Put that in the back burner. Yeah. <laughs> Number one is kindness. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys are doing it right. Come you on. are such good parents, Eddie. <laughs> what do you think number two is? Mm, this word, this word's tough. Children well. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hygiene. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I would say diet. I think it's easy to give kids cookies and candies all day, but diet. Number two is a strong work ethic. Ah, yes. Okay, that too. And then there is no number three. Those oh. are just okay. the, the <laughs> first two there kids do. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So this little girl celebrating her sixth birthday and her parents are like, we need to do something special for her. So they had Bigfoot arrive at her birthday party. But as the kids are all hanging out in the living room, Bigfoot kind of peeks her head through the window as a female (laughs) Bigfoot named Cinnamon. And the kids were freaked out. Yeah, I think I would have freaked out too. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Yeah. The headline here says, Oklahoma parents hire actor dressed as Bigfoot to surprise daughter celebrating sixth birthday. Children traumatized. (laughs) Yeah, the headline could have been Oklahoma parents scare the crap out of their kids with a monster. Yeah. So eventually Bigfoot came in and they saw the parents mingling and hugging Bigfoot and all the things. So the kids warmed up to it, but they don't want Bigfoot to come back again. (laughs) That's all... You know, a princess is good. Sure. Or Mickey. Yeah, right. a little cartoon or, character. Or Bigfoot's had, a weird a weird go-to, yeah. Like, for my son's birthday one year, I had Alexa show up. like Because he liked Alexa, so Amy had somebody yeah, fake always, like Alexa. Mm-hmm, yeah. And she would play songs for him. So the CDC is having to put out yet another warning, which I feel like we get this one a lot, but it's just a reminder that you can get sick from cake batter or cookie dough. They have so many cases of E. coli in several states simply from eating cake batter. And a lot of the people that are falling ill are children, so parents kind of need to be on the lookout. And I know it's fun to lick the bowl or whatever, but we can't do it, I Is don't there think. a chance I can get a vaccination for that? Then I can lick <laughs> all the bowls I want. Um, no, but you no? do not want, want some of these symptoms okay. that are listed here. And a Wisconsin man has uh, hit the 32,340 mark for Big Macs eaten. He started eating Big Macs in 1972, and he was the Guinness World Record holder for quite some time. Was? And now Well, he was, but then he just broke his own record. So now oh, okay. he's like continued on to be the record holder. And that record is... is the 32,000 number that I mentioned. And uh, here he is being featured on Guinness talking about his habit. My habit right now is just to eat two a day and that would be like 14 a week. I'm not a type of person that tries new stuff. And when I like something, I stick with it all the time. It's like for me, it's Big Macs every day. It's it's Coca-Cola every day. I probably will be (laughs) eating Big Macs every day for the rest of my life. Which might be a couple days from now. Right? No, no. <laughs> Not he a says, long life. Listen, he has great blood sugar level and exceptionally good cholesterol, and he walks six miles a day. He must have great genetics then. Yeah. If he's able to withstand all those Big Macs, Big Macs and all that Coke. Two a day. But it's just something he loves. And I was thinking, like, if you, what's the one place you've probably eaten at the most in your entire life? Ooh, that's Like, if you tough. had to break it down. The like, most. Think, like, the most. What, what, what is yours? I was thinking, I mean, mine might be Chick-fil-A or Taco Bell. Chick-fil-A came to mind at first. Subway, though, because oh, yeah, there's you- a lot of years in, when I was in Arkansas. I went to Subway every single day. Um, maybe Popeye's for a... I don't know. I think I'm pretty evenly spread out. I like yeah. to diversify mine. <laughs> yeah. All right, is that it? Yep. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. 
So these kids had set up a lemonade stand. They're only nine years old. They're doing their thing. And someone comes by, acts like they're going to buy some lemonade, pulls up, gets out of the car, steals their tip jar and goes away. So the parents ended up calling the police department. Word spread about what had happened to these kids. So other people started showing up to get lemonade put money in their tip jar. So these girls ended up making, you know, some nice money being that their tip jar was stolen, but they decided they're not going to keep it. They're donating the money they got to Shop with a Cop, which is a local program dedicated to making holidays brighter for families that, you know, have you've heard of that where the cops go take them to the store and they shop. So it's really cool. To stop and steal a tip jar to eliminate the kids. You must really be hurting or really be a bad person. God. Those two ways. Like if you, listen, I get it. Would I steal food if I was starving? Yeah, probably. So you either must be really hurting or a really bad person, and I'm going to guess a really bad person. <laughs> if I'm having to guess. That yeah. stinks. Good for those girls, though. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. It is disgusting feeding my dog Stanley wet dog food. Do you guys have wet dog food? I have yeah. wet cat food. Oh, it's the worst. We, we would just do a you know couple cups of dry in the morning, in the afternoon. But he got sick. We found blood in his poop. And so I was like, uh-oh, got to rush him to the vet. And so he had been on antibiotic because he had an eye issue. But they were like, not a big deal. Just feed him wet dog. That wet dog food is disgusting. <laughs> it's It sounds like this. Yeah, yeah it's gross. On your, and then you have to use like a, a butter knife. Mm-hmm. And now your butter knife is covered in wet dog food. Yeah, getting it out of the can is gross. Yeah, that's what I've been dealing with the last couple days. I uh, hope you guys are good. Thank you so much for hanging out. Uh, just a reminder, tomorrow... Eight more episodes of Breaking Bobby Bones is out on Disney+. Plus. Would love if you watched it. Would love if you watched the first eight. Just uh, so proud of the show. All 16 episodes will be up tomorrow on Disney+. Plus. Okay, Amy, over to you with The Morning Corny. The Morning Corny. How does a scientist freshen her breath? How does a scientist freshen her breath? Experiments. That was the Morning Corny. On the phone right now is Kayla, who is in Georgia. Kayla, good morning. Welcome to the Bobby Bone Show. Well, I wanted to say um, welcome home to my husband, by the grace of God. He was in the hospital for two months on life support for one month, and the doctors told me that he probably wouldn't be making it out, and I'm on my way to go pick him up and bring him home now. What, what, What was happening with him? He actually ended up with COVID, and they had to put him on life support about two weeks going after he was into the hospital. Dang, he had COVID so bad he had to be on a ventilator, huh? Yes. Yeah, we had, Kaylin's grandpa had that happen, and he luckily also got through it. I bet you're just so relieved. Huh? I bet there were some, some really sad days and nights as you guys were fighting this. Oh, yes. We've got three children at home, and I thank God that I had the people that I did around me to help um, take care of them and help support me because it was really, really tough not knowing if he was going to come home to our kids or not. What is what is he saying right now? Is he super pumped to be coming home? Oh, yes. He cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, I bet. He's still got a long road ahead. He still has to learn how to walk and everything, but he is so excited. Like, learn how to walk? Oh COVID gosh. messed him up that bad? Yes. He was on the ventilator for so long that he had to relearn how to do everything. Oh, wow. But okay. he is staying strong, and he is getting through it. Holy moly. Well, then I'm I'm not going to feel sad. I do want to feel sad for that situation, but I'm going to be extra happy for you that you guys were able to beat yes. this and come out on the other side. So uh, congratulations. 
Tell them we said we're proud of them. Thank you. That's a, that's a heck of a fight right I there. <laughs> and uh, good luck and hope you have many more years of, of really great health. Thank you so much. All right, Kayla. Wow. You got to learn to walk again. I know. And they sound young. And two months. I know. In the hospital. Woo. <laughs> you ever sleep and you're like, man, I'm thirsty. You grab- I keep water on my bedside table so I can reach over in the middle of the night, have a drink water, go back to sleep. Well, this guy wakes up thirsty in the middle of the night and he grabbed what he thought was his bottle of water. I mean, the candle was about the same size as oh, the water. No. no. He grabs the candle and proceeded to drink the warm, sweet rosemary vanilla candle wax. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. And painful. Yeah, like some went yeah. down. Mm-hmm. He said he still can't get some of it off his teeth because oh. he's like trying to scrape it off of his teeth. That's wild. A thirsty man accidentally drank candle wax after mistaking it for water in the middle of the night. The man said he was left with wax coating in his teeth and the roof of his mouth and even swallowed a little bit. Oh, no. But I definitely could see me doing that, but not swallowing. Because I think I would be like, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah. There's also the story about everything that's happening in airplanes right now where people are fighting and they're, they're taping people to seats. And it's just getting, you know, really wild when you're up in the air. And there's also nothing you can do. And they can't get enough air marshals to be on all these flights. Which, by the way, you know you're never supposed to know who the air marshal is? Oh, yeah. 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 But sometimes, and I've only ever noticed them twice. Sometimes you can tell. Because why a gun? No, <laughs> a gun would tip it off immediately. Sure. Because well, no, yeah. one, no one's <laughs> supposed to have a gun. But there was an air marshal and a flight attendant, and they were talking about how now, you know, they're doing self defense training. Even the flight attendants, like they're spending their own money to learn self defense training because people are getting people's getting so bonkers up in the air. "Quote: I started training because there's always been incidents, but the incidents have become more extreme." The flight attendant said, I trained with a female MMA fighter. I didn't want to take some basic random self-defense. I wanted to truly be able to protect myself. And they asked, hey, why are there not more air marshals in the sky? I'm like, we don't have the money for it anymore. We lost 50% of them. Air marshals really became a thing after 9-11 because it seemed like every flight had one then. But then when there's not anything happening anymore, obviously you start to cut back on them. But now I say we... Get them yeah. back up there. They shouldn't even publicate that. Like, we should think that they're still yeah, there. Yeah, always right? on every uh, flight. You think exactly. it's the, the story is? <laughs> yeah. We guarantee yeah. there's an air marshal on every flight. Right. Or they're saying, like, oh, we got all we got rid of all of them. But no, they're still there. You just don't know they're still there. Yeah, that would be funny as you walk. Or maybe that's what they are doing. You maybe. find the biggest <laughs> guy on the flight, you go, hey, buddy, we're gonna act like you're an air marshal. Wear this, sh- wear, wear this. And it's like <laughs> it's an air marshal like vest. <laughs> so, that's funny. So everybody knows. The air marshal's right there waiting for you. And the poor guy's just on a business trip. Yeah. Like, uh, him, well, you, maybe you give him like a voucher. <laughs> That's true. You, hey, yeah. If you wear this and you act like you're the mm-hmm. air marshal, your next flight, 50% off. Yeah. How are you guys at standardized tests? S-A-T, A-C-T? No, Terrible. No really? Nope. Yeah, not good at all. It's Horrible. because you didn't put the effort in to learn or you just weren't good test takers? I'm not a good test taker. I did the SAT prep class, like the extra one yeah. on Saturdays. No, I had to take the SAT three times. Well, I mean, I took the ACT multiple times, but it wasn't because I did bad at it. I oh. just I just kept trying to improve at it. Yeah. No, I went down the second time. Oh. <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> but then third time was a charm. Yeah. I was the highest score all around. But I mean, test taking, and it was because of my ADD. Like, I know if I were to have taken some sort of pill... I, I would do better, but I never took any medication in high school. And you weren't very good, Eddie? No, I'm just bad at kind of picking one out of four. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't know, it could be these two, it could be those three. I don't know, just pick one. 
I was lucky. I was a good test taker. And then I tried to, you know, compound that with studying and learning how to take the tests. But I was reading a story about a guy who was recently placed under arrest after he tried to pass as a woman while trying to pass the graduation exam on behalf of his girlfriend. Oh. So he got all dressed like a girl. <laughs> I mean, this is love to yes, do this. Yes, it is. But the 22-year-old managed to fool faculty and supervisors at a high school graduation exam. It, it's a whole center where they do this. Into thinking he was a female high school student for three days. Oh, wow. He wore a long hair wig, partially covered with a traditional scarf, earrings, a dress, a bra, and even face makeup to pass as his girlfriend. There's a picture of Mike D showing you right there. Just when the two lovers' plans seemed to work, one of the supervisors noticed something odd about him, and his true identity was discovered. <laughs> police, <laughs> police were summoned at the examination center, and he was later charged with fraud. He led the authorities to his girlfriend, who was waiting quietly for him at a rented motel room, and the pair were arrested. He confessed to the crime, but claimed he had acted solely out of the love for his girlfriend. So the, I'm going back and forth on this because he obviously did it because he loved his girlfriend. Correct. He got dressed up, put a wig on. The, he's the whole nine yards, three days of wearing makeup. I mean, he went for it. Yeah, the guy is like showing his heart. Like, here's my heart. I'm holding it in my hand for you, my love. But then he led the cops back to his girlfriend. Oh, that's <laughs> wrong. This, bro, just say you did it. She doesn't know about it. Like, if you really love her, just be like, this is all me. She doesn't even know about it. Guys, let's not go back to her because she doesn't know about it and she's going to kill me. But then he comes out and goes, no, I did this because of her. Oh. If you really did it because of her, don't, don't, don't get her involved. So he kind of turned on her at the end there. A little bit, probably to get a lesser sentence. They put him in one of those rooms with the <laughs> yeah, lights yeah. hanging over his head. <laughs> you tell us the truth, you'll get a lesser sentence. So what was the test for? Is this an SAT or something like that? It just says high school graduation exam so okay. it could have been either one of them actually also is anybody like this guy's 22 and she's if she's 18 17, 18 if she's 18 i'm yes but i she's did see still that in high school oh i know if lunchbox were it'd <laughs> be like hey, who cares as long as what, she's 18 when the tassel moves i groove <laughs> something <laughs> That's like what that he says, yeah. i know exactly what he says did you get did you guys in high school ever have a girlfriend or boyfriend that you would do that for no 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 no, 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 no. Chance. No, no chance, mm -hmm. right? Well, shout out to you, brother. I hope you guys stayed. And now she has to stay together with him now, too. Oh, yeah, a lifer. I wonder what they discovered, though, after three days. Because when I was reading the story, they were like, and they discovered something. And I was like, what? His wiener? He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he went to the that bathroom. That would be quite the discovery, though. They're like, like she's a... peeing standing up. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Ben Boyles of uh, Bakersfield, California, said he was having some lunch with friends at Chick-fil-A when a news story sparked his interest in setting an unusual record. He saw a news article of a man who ate Chick-fil-A 132 days in a row. And he thought, I could do this. I can go after it. He started eating lunch at the fast food restaurant every day, 153 days in a row, except Sunday. Because yeah, it's course. not open. And soon, he recruited Troy Hess, the owner of the Bakersfield location, to turn his record attempt into a charitable endeavor. So, Troy has matched donations. At the end of the day, when they hit, they made $15,300 for Victory Family Services there. Oh, that's cool. Because he ate at Chick-fil-A 153 days in a row. That's a lot of chicken. Uh, the money will help the group take care of the children who have been placed in protective custody. Wow. So, there's a guy seeing a record. I think I could beat 153. I could be honest with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Especially with that mixed fruit, grilled nuggets. Then you can get the regular nugget. Then you can get a salad. Then you can get a sandwich. A lot of variations there. That's a good one. Hey, good job, man. You raised a bunch of money and ate a bunch of (laughs) Chick-fil-A. You won both ways. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Here are your top three songs in country music this week. At number three, Justin Moore, We Didn't Have Much. There was daddy's clothes But putting that bacon on my stove Dog barking in the yard at a truck we don't know Number two, Dan and Shay, Glad You Exist. There's a couple billion people in the world And a million other places we could be Their new record comes out Friday. They will be in Friday as part of the Friday Morning Conversation. And number one, Chase Rice and FGL, Drinking Beer, Talking God, Amen. Sitting here, drinking beer, talking God, amen. The number one and number two pop songs are the same artist, which I don't think I've seen. Uh, number two, Olivia Rodrigo, Deja Vu. Do you get Deja Vu when she's with you? That's a good one. I know too much of this, this song. <laughs> uh, number one, Olivia Rodrigo, Good For You. There you go. She's got number two and number one. It's hey, awesome. She's killing it right now. If you guys have something for us, you have a question or a comment about the show, hit us up right now. We are ready. 877-77-BOBBY. Even if you've never called a radio show, I encourage you. Is there something you've always wondered? 877-77-BOBBY. Bobby's Big Stories. If you've noticed, there's no more luck in the world. You can blame it on one person. John Hamill, because he has all the luck in the world. It was 10 years ago he got to win a million bucks in the lottery, which is pretty cool. He got to make that drive up. Here's the ticket. Take a million dollars. Then for some, that would be enough. But he just hit for $15 million. Oh. oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> when she it. opted for the one-time cash payment of $9,750,000. Because he was already a millionaire. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, maybe. No. no. That didn't mean he was Oh, millionaire. you're right. Because you want a million after You get taxes. about $550,000. I'm sure oh. he bought something. Yeah, so in the last ten years, <laughs> that's true. He could have invested it, but yeah, that doesn't. However, that's crazy. He won two Man. million dollar jackpots. KFC has decided to open up a hotel pop up, which combines a hotel room and also KFC. There's a private cinema room, a finger licking press for chicken button. Oh, that's funny. And a hot winger arcade machine. It's called the House of Harland. Which, by the way, Harland is Colonel Sanders' first name. Oh. Mm-hmm. Harlan Sanders. Okay. Starting August 18th. Would I, you go to a Kentucky Fried Chicken Hotel? Um, Me? No. But maybe I would go if you insert some other one of my favorite foods. I might. How cool if you press a button and voila. <laughs> no, I agree. I think I would. I'd probably push that button. Also, you lick your finger, then push the button. Mm-hmm. Oh. Everyone else has, too. <laughs> I don't know if I would just go to it. Th- I have trouble with themed Stuff. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't think I would go to a food-themed hotel. Eat. Listen, I love Chick-fil-A. I love In-N-Out Burger. I love KFC. I just think it'd be a little too much. Hmm. When I was a kid once, we used to get these, we used to get government cheese, and they'd give you pudding. You'd stand in line for two hours sometimes. And if you couldn't afford to get groceries, you go and you, you went and you stood in line for what the government would give you. And so my grandma and myself would go and we stand in line sometimes for two hours. And they'd give us cheese. They'd give us rice, a bag of rice. And they'd give us this tin thing of pudding, T-I-N. And so I remember taking it home, 
And I ate so much. I would eat the whole thing of pudding. She would go, I don't really like pudding, so you can eat the whole thing. I ate the whole thing. I ate so much of that pudding. It's hard for me to eat pudding today. Oh. And that's what I would worry about about going to this hotel room. <laughs> I'd push that KFC button that I'd never be able to eat KFC again. But I don't think, if I was like, hey, Kayla, we're going to go on a little trip, and we're going to stay at a KFC hotel. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she'd love that. Uh, finally, Limp Biscuit cancels August tour dates due to COVID-19 safety concerns, which, by the way, the big headline is Limp Biscuit is touring. <laughs> Who knew that? More than canceling. <laughs> Come on. Look at Limp Bizkit still out there doing it. I you, love Have you seen Lim- a picture of that guy lately? Fred Durst. Didn't he Unrec- grow his hair out? Unrecognizable. Um, I have. I saw a picture of him where I, they were like, look at his transformation. I think it's a wig. You I do? Think, I think that's the whole thing where like he's wearing a wig now. I know we've talked about the 90s a little bit here today, friends. <laughs> that's a 90s show. It's, it's, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. And people give me crap for saying I like bands like Creed. Or even Nickelback. That's terrible. But I'm gonna say I loved Limp Biscuit. Whenever Faith came out, <laughs> dum, 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 I guess it will be nice. That's I was like, good. oh shit. And then Nookie. I mean, that was took over the world. I mean, I wasn't even angry. I was mostly sad, but I was still getting angry for this crap. It was awesome. I would go to a Limp Biscuit concert right now. What was now. that other cover they did? The Blue Eyes. Yeah. Uh, no one knows what it. it's like <laughs> to be the sad man. Be the bad man. Do we have Behind Blue Eyes? Behind Blue Eyes. They did My Way. Would, uh, they did... This time I'm going to let it all go now. pulling her headphones out. She I can't, can't take this it. This is not what? my thing. No. Really? No. The angriest one was Break Stuff. Like, that's the one where you... He said, she said... Oh, God damn. You kids don't even know about this. Morgan, you're like 28, right? <laughs> 20, yeah, 27. 27. Do you know anything about Limp Bizkit? Yeah, I, I have an older sister that would listen to this kind of music religiously when she dropped me off at school, so I I heard it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! It, you don't even know unless you knew. <laughs> and Limp Bizkit was where it was at. All right, that's your news. Thank you. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. Quentin Tarantino, the writer, the director, he was on a podcast called The Moment, and he said he vowed to never give his mom a penny of his money because she was never supportive of his career choice. He said he would get in trouble at school for writing screenplays at 12, and teachers were looking at it as, hey, this probably isn't what you should be doing because nobody really does this well and makes money. And his mom said, this little writing career that you're doing, that blank is over. (laughs) From then on out, Tarantino only helped his his mom one time because she had an IRS issue. Other than that, nothing. He's worth $120 million or so. That's crazy. Wow. That grudge is a little too grudgy. Yeah. And I don't I don't mind a grudge sometimes if it's healthy. Which any, you know. <laughs> it's never healthy. That reminds me of Steve Harvey's grudge because his teacher told him he couldn't be an actor and be on TV either. And then he sent her a TV every Christmas after that. <laughs> I had a teacher that told me I, I did not speak. Uh, I, my accent was too thick. I didn't have a good enough voice. But I never looked at that as this is the reason to hate her. I always, I also felt like, and my mom never thought I should do this, mostly because there's no stability. This being in a creative world is not the most stable thing. I don't think I'd ever want for my kids to try to do what I've tried to do because there is no stability. For me, thank God I've been one of the lucky few to be able to get to this point. But most people, any kind of art, music, this, painting, it's an extremely difficult world to have to get in. Like, I don't blame his mom. Maybe I wouldn't use those terms. <laughs> Maybe I would have encouraged it while also encouraging something else. But he never gave her a penny, man. So I was talking to Scuba Steve about this, and Scuba Steve does hold a grudge against 
Was it someone in radio, Scuba Steve, that told you you would make it? Yes, yeah, someone at the very beginning of my career that didn't give me a shot and gave it to other people. And those other people are long gone. They don't work in this industry anymore, and here I am today. And that person has crossed my path many different times in many different markets. Is it like a radio program director? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll ask that one after the show. Before I moved to Nashville, I was at like a radio convention, and the guy, I think the company's now called Odyssey. They've changed their name. But he was, he was the president of it. He goes, hey, it's not going to work out for you in Nashville. Let me know when you get fired. You can come work for me in Tampa. You can do it <laughs> at a pop station. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, it ain't going to work. Sorry, buddy. And I was like, well, how are you telling me this to my face? Like, I was just kind of stunned that he would say that to my face. And I don't really, in my life now, I try to prove more people right than I do prove more people wrong. I definitely, for most of my career, had a huge chip on my shoulder because nobody thought I was going to be successful. But now the people that did, I try to prove them right more than I try to prove anyone wrong because I feel like that puts me in a better space. Uh, So there you go. Quentin Tarantino won't give his mom a, a nickel. You see Dr. Dre's daughter, too, was, like, living in her car? No. A few weeks ago, that story came out. I don't know that family dynamic there. Yeah. Right. I don't know I mean, exactly what happened. He's but. got lots of money. <laughs> I think he may, may even be a billionaire, Yeah, because huh? his headphones? Beats. Yeah. Well, he sold those to Apple. Oh. But Dr. Dre's oldest, homeless as she raises four kids. Oh. Don't know the whole story there, Obviously. All I ever do is read headlines. Yeah. <laughs> and headlines. 90% of the news I get are headlines at this <laughs> yeah. point in my in my life. But, um, all right. I do want to talk about music for a second with Abby. Abby's our phone screener, and Abby has asked me for a favor. Abby, what would you like for me to do? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm really nervous to ask this. But I was like, life is short. I'm going to shoot my shot. Go okay. ahead. So, you know how the Raging Idiots mm-hmm. are coming to Bobby Fest, my hometown in Wichita. That's right. On my birthday, actually. That's your birthday, September 5th? It is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I grew up singing everything I love to sing, and I was like, how awesome would it be if I could come up there and sing a song with you guys? Huh. So. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. If you're new to this show, Eddie and I have a, a fairly successful comedy yeah. group. We play big shows. We're doing two. We built two one-day festivals, one in New Braunfels, Texas, on September 4th, and then one September 5th in Wichita, Kansas, which is Abby's hometown. I didn't know it was your birthday. That puts mm-hmm. the pressure on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, how good of a singer do you think you are? Uh, decent, I are, think. Are you comparable, in your opinion, to some of the artists who come in here? Voice-wise, maybe like Miranda Lambert kind of sounding, I would say. Oh, you're talking about like texture. I mean like quality. Oh, quality? Do you ever hear sure. artists and go, I'm better than they no, are? Uh, not many times. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, oh, you know. Here's what I'll level. do. How about tomorrow we audition Abby on the show? Yeah! yeah! Yes! Okay. Remember, Abby traveled to like China to sing or something, right? Well, you were like nine, yeah, I right? <laughs> I was in middle school, so yeah. 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 It's been a while. A lot of changes physically sure. with the body. Sure. But tomorrow, you come in here. Oh my gosh, yes. Think of the songs that you'll want to sing. Uh-huh. What is a song if I said, what song do you nail? I like Something to Talk About by Bonnie Raitt. Let's give them one. something to talk yeah. about. Uh, oh, yeah. oh that's here we go. Jam. So that, that's your jam? Yeah. Or I could do Last Name by Carrie Underwood. But then that's really oh, setting wow. <laughs> Bones, that'd be a real good I don't, song. I don't think I want... I'm going to cringe. If what do you mean? Bobby! No, wait, mean? Let, let me talk. <laughs> Nobody can say... I have to work on American Idol all the time. Right. I do. I work with these kids. Oh. They come in cold trying to sing Carrie or Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey or Aretha Franklin. And I'm yes. like... And even if they're good, I'm like, why would you do that right there? 
Like, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but okay. if she nailed it, though, wouldn't you be 100% confident? Yes, be like, but I, yes. I don't need her to win a scholarship. I just. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She can sing Bonnie Raitt, something to talk about. What else you got on that list? Um, Hit Me With Your Best Shot by Pat Benatar. Ooh. Okay. Little rock. Man, that's up our alley, Bones. Yeah. A lot of energy in that song. Okay, tomorrow we'll do it. Okay. You audition. I love this. Thank you. But what if... <laughs> Oh. Yeah, Let yeah. me say this. Dude, I've, I've heard you sing a little bit. Mm-hmm. What if you come on and you don't kill it? Do you still, like, is it going to be weird for us to not? I mean, be on, I would want you to be honest. I don't yeah. want you to bring me on stage. That would be weird if you're just like, oh, that wasn't that great. But you can come on up anyway. But that's what I would do. I know, and I'm scared. Oh, yeah. I assumed you'll be having her no matter what. Oh, really? <laughs> no, it's a real audition. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, we only have so much time. We have side stages and other people want to bring on stage. Like, it's a real audition. Okay. Oh. So we'll do it tomorrow. Okay, I'm nervous. Okay. There's no participation trophy here. <laughs> you know we don't do that. Wow. Uh, by the way, you can come to this. We are going to send listeners to Bobby Fest in Wichita. Hotel, flight, tickets to the show, the whole thing, if you go to bobbybones.com. There's a... Apparently this week, Morgan, the contest is up? Yep, this week until Friday. So go to bobbybones.com. All you have to do is click, 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 sign up. Abby, if you don't get on to the contest, you should go to bobbybones.com okay. and get in the flyaway. I'll do that. Am I eligible? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. But it says, we have your chance to attend the first ever Bobby Fest. It's Russell Dickerson, Maddie and Tay, us, the Raging Idiots, a lot more acts. But go over there. Click there. Boom. Um, okay, we'll do that tomorrow. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll go practice. Tonight, will you just be staring at the ceiling Nervous, or you'd be practicing all day and all night? Practicing all day and nervous. 50 years ago today, this song came out. It was massive. Don't play it yet. Don't play it yet. I'll give you a hint. Tell me how many notes you can name it in. Okay. Okay. You guys keep going down. Uh, The clue for this song is 50 years ago today. What year is that? Little bitty mover. A little bitty mover. Little bitty mover. That is your clue. How many notes can you name that in, Eddie? Little bitty mover. I'm still trying to figure out what year 50 years ago today is. How many notes? I mean, well, I don't even know what a note is, Bones. Like, okay, what? You're thinking, okay, you, do you like, want me to do it? Yeah. I can name it in one note. Oh, well, that kills it too. We don't get to play the game. Okay, well, this is I the, think. they're the worst name that tune gamers. All right, give me one note. Just one note. Oh, there you go. Oh, got it. Tiny dance. There you go. <laughs> 50 years ago today, this song came out. That's 1971, Eddie. Thank you. Yeah. I'm still you trying to get figure that. I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay. Was this song big before the that movie? Yeah, it was a massive song. For was it John really? Seventies, sure. Because yeah. I'd never heard it before. And then almost famous, almost famous when they're all singing it. Yeah, it had a couple, you know, incarnations of of being a massive song. Same thing with Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. It went number one again. First, it, it went number one in the seventies. Went number one again when Wayne's World came yeah. out. Yeah. And so it's rare that you know a song's able to do that. Uh, Jake in New York. Appreciate you calling. Jake, what's hey. going on with you? Hey, I had a big question for you. So excited you're coming to the New York State Fair. Good morning, studio. Morning. That, that um, on your website on Raging Idiots, it says you're a plane at 7 o'clock. On the New York State Fair website, it's blaring 2 p.m. in the afternoon. I got to make sure I'm front row, baby. Oh, that's it's 2 p.m. The, the, the RagingIdiots.com must be uh, inaccurate. So we play on the 20th. In Syracuse, New York, at State Fair at 2 p.m. All right, Jake? 
Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, fire somebody now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably me. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one that posted it. Up. Log in there. <laughs> uh, Keith yeah. Urban's Oscar-winning wife, Nicole Kidman, the story says had a lot of racy roles over her career, but she says her husband handles them just fine. Here you go. Here is Nicole Kidman telling E how husband Keith Urban feels about her sexy roles. My husband is an artist, so he understands all of it. And he also does not get involved in any of my... He sees the show at the very end when it's a show all edited together and he's fresh eyes. It'd be kind of weird to watch your wife getting it on. Not so much on the screen, but as they're shooting it. I mean, so much on the screen too, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying it'd be weirder (laughs) as they're shooting it over and over again. They got to do different angles. You got to watch... But he's not there for that. That's what I'm saying. I want to be there either. So that's smart. Uh, Here is the second clip. Nicole Kidman says that Keith Urban doesn't really know what's going on with her projects while she's doing them. He doesn't read any script. He really doesn't know what's going on on the set. He's got his own career that he's um, completely absorbed in. So he doesn't really know much about what I'm doing. Yeah, her relationship on, was it Big Little Lies? That one would be hard for me if it was my spouse. Best Nicole Kidman project ever. Uh, so uh, you're probably going to say Days of Thunder, aren't thank you? Thank you. Yes. I, I knew you were going to go old school. <laughs> Days of Thunder, 100%. I mean, The Undoing was great with Hugh Grant. So good. Big Little Lies. That was really good. That was good. I mean, I'm probably going to go something extremely new then. I think I'm going to do The Undoing more than Big Little Lies. I never saw The Undoing, so. You oh, did? You no. should go watch that. No, but Big Little Lies is fantastic. She has so many good movies. But now the new movie star is the TV star. Mm-hmm. If you have a big series, that's as big as it. That's bigger than any one single movie nowadays. Yeah, like Jason Sudeikis, like he's huge because of Ted Lasso now. Yeah, um, the others. I don't even like horror movies. Uh, let's see. I mean, she has so many. I'm, did you guys ever watch The Upside? Mm-mm. You, Morgan, did you like that? Yeah, I really liked it. It was like an underrated movie. I mean, I wouldn't watch it again, but it was really good. Nick Cannon opened up about his views on monogamy and fatherhood, which, by the way, how many babies he have now, Mike? Seven. He has seven babies, and he's had how many in the last few months? Three. He had three babies oh. within, like, three weeks from two different women. And so he goes on The Breakfast Club, and he's talking about monogamy and what he thinks about it and where that concept comes from. That's a Eurocentric concept when you think about the, the ideas of, like, it's, you're supposed to have this one person for the rest of your life and really that's just to classify property when you think about it I mean like when you go into that mindset if we really talk in that talk like just the idea that a man should have one woman we shouldn't have anything I have no ownership over this person I think Caitlin owns me a little bit to be honest with you <laughs> my life's changed it's interesting not for me his version is not for me um, here he is talking about uh, how he blessed the world with kids I actually think women are blessing us. Those women, those women, and, and all women are the ones that open themselves up to say, "I would like to allow this man in my world, and I will birth this child." Mm-hmm. So it ain't my decision. I'm just I'm I'm following suit. Man, as long as the kids are healthy and happy, and everybody's getting along, this is not my view of it. But if everybody's happy. Good for him. If the wives are happy, the kids are happy, they can eat. 
Good for them. I mean, you got to ask everyone later in life, though. Like, right now, as it's happening, yes, it all sounds cool, but... It doesn't even sound cool to me. To him. I'm saying to him. Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Like, to me, isn't that how I I choose? Listen, I'm 41. I just got married for the first time. I don't have any kids yet. But I'm like, I got to pick that one. I'm going to wait until the absolute right person comes along. Then that's the only one for me. And then we're going to have... But that's just how I... Doesn't mean I'm right. I feel like I'm right, but it doesn't mean there's some that I'm right, right. But you say ask him in ten years. Let's get a post interview. You know, like twenty years down the road, ask everyone involved. Like, how how do you feel about all this? You'd get different answers, I think. That's generally with everything, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um. So, Amy, your thoughts? I mean, yeah, it's not necessarily for me, but I yeah, I'm curious to see what the women have to say. He said the women all want. They hit him up about it. Oh, of course. They're like, hey, I want Nick Cannon to be my baby daddy. I mean, I wouldn't mind that either, actually. (laughs) 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 Uh, What does Mariah Carey think? I have, I don't think she's talking about it. No. He, they did have twins though, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool for him. I think he said he used to have posters of her on his wall. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That's pretty cool if you can accomplish <laughs> that. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. Filling in for Lunchbox today is producer Eddie. Uh, so uh, there's a guy in California who had himself a week like no other. On Monday, he was walking around a parking lot, saw a lot of cars with nice side view mirrors. So he just kind of punched them all. Cops arrested him, said, you're going to jail. He gets out that later that day, and then he steals a car, oh. and they find him, and he's got a meth pipe in there. Said, oh. dude, oh. you're going back to jail. Well, yeah. he gets bailed out again, so let's go to Wednesday. Why not? He gets <laughs> out of jail on Tuesday, and he sees a car with the keys in the ignition. Well, let's just steal that car. It's too easy. So then he steals that, and he goes to jail. But this time, he's going to be in for a little bit. Is that three strikes you're out? I'm pretty sure, yeah. But three strikes you're out means you stay in jail for a long time. Or he's got a friend that just kind of bails him out every single time. Or he's got a friend in jail that he misses, and he keeps wanting to go back in and see that friend. Yeah, I was thinking he wants to be in jail. Yeah, yeah, good And he's like, stop bailing me out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, Yeah. that's your bonehead story of the day. There you go. So before they got into the Olympics, some volunteers swallowed a pill that was really high-tech. And they swallowed it so scientists could measure heart rate, information about their body. But it literally is a pill. It weighs 1.7 grams. It passes through the body within 48 hours of being swallowed. And then everything that's happening, it transmits that information in the form of radio forms to like either the athlete's wristband or the doctor or scientist monitoring it. That's Whoa. crazy. I mean, huh. The future is so weird. That's pretty cool. Scientists hope to have the tech pill used by every athlete by the time of the 2028 games in Los Angeles. Huh. And I'm sure some people are going to be like, they're just using this to track you. It's just like the COVID (laughs) shot. People are like, oh, they're just using this to track you. No. Our phones are being used to track us. People... And you carry that with you everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah. Stop acting like you're worried about some shot or some bill tracking you. <laughs> and you're, you're, Our phones are not only tracking us, they have a camera watching us. That's the crazy part to me. It's all right there. Yeah. Like at home, all the smart devices are yes. listening to everything. How long do you think that pill will last in your body? Like, it says 48 hours. I mean, you, with your Metamuse? With your... Me? With my yeah, IBS? Yeah, with your thing? Oh, about an hour. <laughs> Especially if I chase it with one of my IBS pills. Like, we got an hour of information here and that's it. <laughs> But I wonder if you have to keep taking them, because if it's 48 hours, you can only get so much done in that span, especially for training. I don't know. I thought that's pretty cool, though. Listen, I'm all for science. We all use science every day, all the time. Like, everything we're doing today is somehow science-related. So I'm all about it. And I don't worry about things tracking us, because I already know they are. Big Brother's got our faces. Facebook's got facial recognition. Our phones are watching and listening to us. Alexa knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. But people are worried about a shot. <laughs> You guys are crazy. All right, that's it. We're done. 
We will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. The Bobby Bones Show.